In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking, the woke mob is canceling everything, and the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. What a fool believes uh, Michael McDonald, Brad, the Doobie brothers, not sure who else. One of the great songs of the uh, 1980s. And uh, of course, Michael McDonald still alive today and still probably one of the top three performers of all time. And also, believe it or not, the heir to the McDonald's hamburger fortune. Well, buddy, I, I don't know about top three performers of all time. Certainly top three performers who are also heir to the McDonald's fortune, definitely ahead of the Hamburglar. Um, but all time is tough. Although I will, again, tip my cap, uh, another prescient song. You would think he had listened to Joe Biden's, you know, sort of pre-election speech before writing that song. But I, I don't know that he did. But uh, if he didn't, it certainly sounds like he did. Yeah, it's almost like it was inspired by it. And right. uh, there's so exactly. much going on. We're on the uh, fast track to the midterm elections here in 2022. The year is winding down and what a year it's been. What a what a two or three year period we've had. Uh, we've had here just insane. But uh, there are a lot of fools out there, my friend, a lot of fools, especially as you start seeing some of these great debates that we're going to talk about a little more today. And you start seeing some more of these activists uh, who are out there trying to impress upon us the way to live our lives better and just as they direct uh, and so on and so forth. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. It's David Pridham and Brad Sheaf. We're back here as we are every week. And you can, of course, learn more about our show on our website, ipfrequently.com. And we ask, we request that you follow us on social media, uh, on uh, the InstaFace, the TikTok, the Twitter, the, uh, the Facebook, the Meta and the Metaverse. We've actually opened up a storefront, a brick and mortar location in the Metaverse where one of our avatars, aka cartoons, is there each and every day selling uh, some of our memorabilia and our swag to other cartoons. So that's very exciting. Uh, and uh, you can, of course, find us with the tagline at IP underscore frequently. And finally, uh, if you consume us vis-a-vis a podcast, which some people do, a lot of millennials, Brad, are doing that uh, mm -hmm. as well. Um, remember to, uh, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, rate, review, and recommend us to your friends, your enemies, anyone that'll subscribe as well. And of course, we are uh, the tent pole of the famous Salem podcast network, which uh, obviously has a big stake in the election with a lot of the uh, right wing conspiracy nuts uh, being on that network, who, by the way, are our co-workers and we enjoy working with them. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy, I, I know we say this every week with the following on the social media. And as, as everyone knows, I don't really do the social media, but I don't like the idea of people following us. I don't like to be followed in general. So if you're if you're going to do the social media thing, get up here where I can see you. 
Okay. Don't be back there where I have to kind of look over my shoulder. I'm not really sure where your hands are. You don't need to be in front of us because that would be hard, but just, you know, get in my peripheral is what I would appreciate if you're going to do the, uh, the social media thing. And then, and then I'm fine with it. Then it's you, you eye to eye, mano y mano. I don't know if I can say that anymore. I think that's probably been banned by the, uh, by the network. Brad, this week, of course, we always start every week with the two big stories that uh, everyone needs to know when they're at their water cooler. The first big story this week, uh, a little bit of tumult in the UK. I think the UK is now on their third prime minister uh, in the last couple of weeks, it seems like. The uh, uh, you had the Boris Johnson guy who was the guy with the crazy hair who told everyone that they had to lock down during the pandemic and then proceeded to have wild orgies at 10 Downing Street with copious amounts of alcohol. Then he was replaced by this Liz Truss woman who was the woman that saw the queen and then the queen was mysteriously dead within 24 hours of her agreeing that Liz Truss could be the prime minister. And now you have the new um, the new prime minister uh, who. Uh, is uh, one of the guys who was the architect of uh, the Boris Johnson economic fiasco. Uh, and, and one of the things people ask me all the time is what does this, um, uh, what, what can we here in the United States in the land of the free home of the brave take from what's going on in the UK? And is this type of instability and real unhappiness with what a uh, government uh, is able to uh, uh, achieve uh, despite the will of the people. Is this something that's going to be uh, imported into the U.S.? And I, I guess that's an interesting question. You see the economy of the U.K. in shambles. You see a lot of the Boris Johnson programs, the, the large government programs, the um, you know the, the the clean energy craziness, um, sort of being rejected and resulting in huge inflationary pressure on energy prices. It's going to be a very difficult winter in the UK. And it, it seems to me that when that is put before our president and he puts down his ice cream cone, which is very difficult for him to do, um, he is living in a land of denial. And I, I, to me, it's very clear that a lot of the same pressures that are hitting the UK are, are either hitting the US already or very, very going to do so in a very quick fashion in the next few months. Well, buddy, again, I was I was going to ask the question, you know, what what's wrong? You know, I mean, they've had three, as you pointed out, three prime ministers in a very short period of time. And so it's going to say, you know, what, what's wrong? Don't they have, you know, a, a broader selection from which to choose? But we're in the same boat. right? I mean, we are in exactly the same boat here in the colonies where, you know, it looks like. And again, I, I just find it nearly impossible to believe that that. Uh, given his current state of decline, that Joe Biden is going to be able to run in 2024, but it is shaping up to be another Trump-Biden 2024. And so, you know, you, you would love to be able to look across the pond and go, man, they've really got that screwed up over there. But it is a horse race between us and them for who can have the smallest pool filled entirely with jackasses from which to select your leadership and you're right, but I mean, it, it is almost like looking in a mirror. It's almost like we are trying to compete for dumbest things to focus on, right? I mean, inflation is through the roof. Energy prices are through the roof. And, you know, we continue to focus on, you know, gender issues and, you know, whether or not we can get our windmills working in time. Buddy, as you pointed out, that we're on the run into the elections the dumbest things are being said. And I guess it's just a result of this whole 
bankrupt mindset of if I can just say it, it will be true. They just expect us to go, well, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess he said the economy's strong. I, I guess I'm just the fact that I can't pay my electrical bill, the fact that I can't, I might have to have my family skip a meal, you know, every week in order to put gas in the car. I guess I'm just wrong about all that. I guess, I guess the economy's amazing. Well, and it's sort of like a perfect storm, right? So you've got to, the, the way I look at it, you got two different things going on. One, a government that's out of control in terms of our spending and our borrowing. We're 31 trillion trillion in debt, right? And then at the same time, you know, we've talked about this before, but the, infl- the inflationary pressures on individuals is crazy. So August 21 to August 22, Groceries are up 14%. Rent is up 7%. Gasoline, 26%. Airfare, 34%. New cars, 10%. And electricity, 16%. I mean, it is insane what things cost, and especially folks who are living paycheck to paycheck, folks who are um, just trying to get by, they can't afford this. And they're being sold a bill of goods by a moron with an ice cream cone, talking about how six-year-olds should get to choose their gender and have life-altering surgeries. And this is something that the government, the state governments, shouldn't be able to do anything about. I mean, that's where our focus is right now. That's where our focus is. And and, and quite frankly, that's why people are so pissed. And that's why I think this is going to be a game-changing election. But the only way it's going to matter, quite frankly, is if we get some adults in the room. And I don't know if there are any adults left. No, that's the problem, buddy. I mean, again, you know, you, what you're looking for when you bring your car into the garage there is for the mechanic to flip up the hood, you know, grab a tool or two, get his head in there, crawl around, and then poke his head back out and go, hey, here's your problem. And you have nailed it, buddy. You are the mechanic. You've got your head in there and you've said, well, here's your problem. There's, there's no adults in the room. Unfortunately, the next words out of that mechanic's mouth are, and I don't have any adults in my workshop. Like, we're out. There's, there's no way that we can fix this. And that is the problem. It's the problem in the UK. It's the problem here. We have created a political class, right? I mean, if you go back and look at any, you know, early American history, it will become painfully obvious that the founding fathers, and say what you will about, you know, their elitists and this, I, I don't care about any of that. They, they did an amazing job of establishing a very workable system of government given that people are universally fallible. The point is they created a system of government that was supposed to be representative. And those representatives were supposed to be just that, right? You could pick one out and say, well, this guy is kind of, you know, is, is essentially the same as the folks he's representing. He will go, he will make statements on behalf of those people. Then he will go back to doing whatever it is he does, right? He's a gentleman farmer. He's a tradesman. He's a business owner. He is whatever he is but he is not a professional politician, right? In fact, he views his representative role as a duty that he will undertake as honorably as possible, but it is a pain in his ass, right? He just wants to get back to his farm, back to his business, back to his family. Right? And when he has to go to Philadelphia or New York or, or Washington, DC, whatever the capital may be, he will do that, do his representative duty, and then go back to what he's doing. But we have created a political class that, that, that's how they make their living. And, and they are looking to get rich off of it. And as a result of that, our political system is failing. And I, but I don't know, other than turning 
the representative roles, congressman, senator, et cetera, into some form of jury duty where they're, you know, you create a pool, there's some, some set of requirements and you just select people out of them. They don't have any choice, just like jury duty. I don't know what you do about that. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I had toyed with the idea and you, you and I both have this workshop that we tinker with devices in, of course. And we, you know, truth be told, we've been working on that shock collar, the truth telling shock collar for members of oh, Congress yeah, for a yeah. while now. So that may be, be amazing. An option. I mean, the, the big issue is everyone has a subjective truth. So their truth is their truth and you can't question it. But what the other thing I'll say about this is the prices of homes across this country as well, the, the housing market, which has just been insane the last five years, is starting to crash. And you're, you're seeing month over month downturns in prices up upwards of 10% out west starting to spread to the East Coast because all of the, the folks who bought uh, houses or were in the market for houses based on zero interest rates and based on a very high stock market using uh, their equity. So sellers are having to make heavy discounts in their homes. And that's something that obviously everyone predicted. But all of this leads one to believe that the next couple of years are going to be difficult in this country. And especially when you've got a guy, uh, you know, just looking at an ice cream cone telling you that the economy is uh, is doing well in the U.S. Uh, next, Brad, we got a lot. So last week, those of you who are uh, uh, fans of the show know that we did a uh, uh, somewhat of a serious piece talking about some of the changes uh, that uh, folks are going through. And, and you know, Brad and I took the test as well as they uh, venture towards menopause. And, uh, you know, as we know, uh, gender is fluid. And, uh, you know, folks who... Uh, are subject to uh, menopause and menopause symptoms. It, are, it's not limited to women anymore. So we wanted to give everyone the, the skinny on what to expect um, from menopause. And we had a lot of people say, listen, that was a great uh, little, uh, little uh, exercise. A lot, of, a lot of men out there uh, are now flooding the emergency rooms because they're worried that they are in the middle of the quote unquote change. And so they're getting- Well, they the don't call they it need. men opas for no reason, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but what we thought we would do this week is take it a step further and give a little more of this social advice, right? For those of you who need it, because, you know, a lot of you are just sort of standing around the water cooler with note cards, just parroting back what we say. And we love that. And while we love that, um, we do think that there are other things out there for you, right? There are things in the metaverse, for example, where you can get your own cartoon and come visit us at the IP Frequently store um, and uh, other, you know. And you don't need items. shoes because those cartoons don't have legs. Correct. So it's inexpensive to walk around in the metaverse. You know, you're not wearing down your boot heels, as they say. Or just sort of gravitate. Hey, by the way, I, I, over the weekend, I did watch the new Halloween film, speaking of no legs. And oh, um, Halloween ends. It's like the 30th Halloween, the Michael Myers, the big Halloween. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So the way it ended, I don't want to, you plan on watching this thing? No, come on, buddy. You know me. You know I'm not. But spoiler alert for anybody else that's listening. Yeah, spo spoiler alert. So, so the, the way it ends is, is Jamie Lee Curtis, who's still, still alive, um, mm -hmm. ends up like, you know, bleeding out the the Michael Myers guy, just cutting all his arteries and bleeding him out. And then they took him to a junkyard. Oh, she gets him. him. Through a, a metal thresher. Oh, geez. Yeah. That, that'll probably do it. I mean, I, it's going to be tough. There are a lot of creative writers out there, but if you've literally drained whatever Michael Myers is, is he human? I mean, if you've drained him of his blood and then you run him through like the you know, automotive version of a wood chipper, that's got to be it, right? I mean, you can't, can't come back from that. 
One would think, one would think. It was quite a, quite a film. But uh, in any event, um, one of the things people ask us a lot of the time who listen to the show are about their friendships. And, and one of the things Brad and I have explored lately are what's called a toxic friendship, right? Uh-huh. And a, lot of our, a lot of our listeners are, are, are party to this. They, they do a lot of friend jumping, Brad, friend jumping. And like, like, is for that example, like leapfrog you, or is, am I missing it? Is it what? Is it like leapfrog friend jumping? Is that the same thing or is it, is that different? Well, it's, it's like, for example, when you, you know, our good mutual friend, Silas Moody. I do. Yeah. I mean, when you sort of jumped from my friendship over to Silas and then the next thing I know, the two of you are spending a lot more quality time together over at the cigarette bar, you know, that's not great. Well, no, that wouldn't be great. I mean, I've always thought of us as a thruple. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't, you know, intend to friend jump, but that, you know, I could see where feelings could get hurt there. Yes. Well, listen, so now we can, we can figure all this out because Dr. Lalita Suglani, uh, mm-hmm. who is a chartered psychologist based in Birmingham, it's either England or Alabama, I would guess England, mm-hmm. but she has come up with a set of nine signs that you are in a toxic friendship. So we're going to give this to our listeners. And then you go out there and you evaluate each one of your relationships and say, okay, are more than five of these you know, nine signs met? And if they are, you have to dump that friend. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Let's do it. So let's go. Let's go through number one, uh, the number one uh, sign that you may be in a toxic friendship. And these are in no particular order. So one oh, okay. is not afforded more weight than nine to answer okay. the question okay. you're about to mm-hmm. ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, one, number one, they only call when they want something. So a sign of a toxic friendship, they only call when they want something. Okay. Number two, there is always a drama of some sort. Always a drama. Mm-hmm. They put you down. Number three, they put you down and make fun of you in front of others. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, no, that's not good. You feel bad about yourself when you spend any time whatsoever with them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Number five is the friend jumping one. They exclude you from things with mutual friends. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's not good. Number six, a sign of a good friend is they aren't happy for you when good things happen to you. It's nice. Uh, Number seven, they can use your secrets against you and share them with others. Number eight. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. We'll just go through these and then you can comment. They often gossip about others. It's a telltale sign that you're in a toxic friendship. And number nine, it's always about them and their problems and never about you. There are a couple in there where I could see if you had a friend who was, you know, had a penchant for practicing a couple of those behaviors where you could still say, you know, this is my friend, perhaps not my best friend, uh, but I can, I am, I am on friendly terms with this person. But at least seven of the nine, pal, if you do any of those things, then then you're not you're not a friend. I think it should be relatively easy to say, yeah, this person is not this person that's giving all my secrets away to people I don't like, excluding (laughs) me from activities and only making me feel bad about myself is not my friend. I would think that would be relatively straightforward. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I think generally, if you hit any one of these nine, you should be out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, you're on the path to not enjoying yourself in the person's company. 
And I would think that, you know, that should be the end of whatever you were previously referring to as a friendship. Yes. Yeah. This is not your friend. This is a person that you need not uh, consider uh, being in your company any longer. Uh, next, Brad, we, we, we move on. And again, we, we're talking about the election and there are a lot of things going on, especially with the, uh, the president this week. The president's making news all over the uh, all over the world. And of course, as part of the transition in the UK to the third prime minister in a couple of weeks, Rishi Sunak, who is, I think, the former finance exchequer of the finance financial exchequer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the equivalent of the uh, secretary of the treasury in the United States, he has oh. been um, he, he's been to uh, Buckingham Palace and he's visited the, sorry, King Charles, mm-hmm. and he's now the he's now the prime minister and and so he's greeted immediately with a nice warm um, uh, words of encouragement from the U.S. president. Again, this is Rishi Sunak um, when uh, when Joe Biden was asked about him, he pronounced his name Rashi Sunuk and. Uh, continued down a path of talking about his ethnicity. Um, so probably maybe not the way you want to be greeted to the world stage, although maybe, maybe it is. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Well, I mean, as we've learned this week, Joe Biden is nothing but eloquent when it comes to identity politics, as he described his vice president and now the new prime minister of the UK. And, they, and again, but we shouldn't go into it. It'll just spin us both up. But when the, when the fir- first thing you notice about someone who has taken a role as important as the prime minister of the United Kingdom is what they look like and what their racial identity is, then you are missing the point of what you hope will be their standout leadership, right? And you are definitionally a racist. If what you notice first about a person is their race, then you are a racist. I mean, I can't imagine he's running the country. And then you start thinking about, okay, who is, um, you know, his, his chief of staff, Ron Klain, is, is a very, very partisan progressive. There are a lot of progressives all around him who are incredibly radical. And I mean, they, this guy got up this week, this guy got up this week and basically said that states should be allowed to do nothing to limit um, sort of reproductive surgeries in six, seven, eight-year-olds, um, reproductive change surgeries, right? Tra- transformation surgeries. Um, and and I, I, I tell you what, I haven't heard anything. I, I cannot imagine um, something else the president has said that's more radical than that. I, I mean, they just incredibly radical. And he, 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 he's saying there should be no limits on that. There should be no limits whatsoever on the right to uh, abortion, none whatsoever. And he means it. Now, it's not obviously the same Joe Biden that was in the Senate 20 years ago. There have been a lot of mental changes with him. But uh, I mean, this guy's 100 percent, 100 percent means it. And the question that's begged every time he talks and opens his pie hole is who is running this government? And um, how, how do you figure that out? And then also, how do you straighten that out? Because there are a lot of unelected people who are in power now who are pulling all these levers. And there's no accountability because, you know, this guy's not uh He's being fed words, but he's not he's not running things. And it leads you to believe that maybe the JFK thing really was directed at getting more of these globalists in power like Biden. And uh, and, 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 and maybe this is why JFK was killed. 
Well, maybe, buddy. I mean, you, you went a long ways. That was a long pass, sort of a long out route towards the pylon to get to the JFK thing. And I applaud that. And, and, and buddy, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think Joe Biden does mean it, but I, when he says things like that, but I don't think he has any idea what he's saying. Right? Like, I think he has lost the capacity to fully comprehend the meaning and the impact behind some of the things he says. He clearly has an inner circle and your inner circle becomes increasingly important to you as you start to lose it, right? Both you and I have had folks very close to us who, you know, have, have entered into dementia and or Alzheimer's. And it's a scary feeling. It's a scary feeling for everybody around that person. They become, you know, even more reliant on their inner circle to, and they, and they, they are forced to trust them, right? Because they cannot process on their own. And so they become even more reliant on whoever is in that inner circle to give them the truth, right? To tell them what right looks like, because they can't remember, right? So if you got a person that's close to you that has Alzheimer's, you know, they cannot remember where they're supposed to be next or what they had previously done, right? And so they will ask you, and you can tell when they ask you, I mean, it's a nervous ask, right? Like they, they really don't know, and they're not sure how to get there. And you have to fill in that information. They just take it and run with it, right? If they trust you, they take it and run with it. And that would appear to be what's happening here is he's just parroting back things that people that he trusts are telling him. And, you know, the really unfortunate part, but is not just what's happening, you know, presently and, and the impact that has on our culture and on our nation. But if you were to walk Joe Biden back 20 years and, you know, neither you nor I were a fan of him 20 years ago. I mean, he's a plagiarist. He's a pathological liar. He always has been. But he would be appalled at the words that are coming out of his mouth. I, I believe that and I will give him that credit that if you were to go back 20 years and look Joe Biden in the eye, just you and he over a beer or something and say, hey, do you think an eight-year-old should have gender changing surgery and that the parents should have nothing to say about that, that they should just be, you know, the teachers or whoever is, is you know, working with or whatever the appropriate term is, that child should be able to keep that under wraps he would just look at you like, what are you talking about? As, as any reasonable person would, right? But we have now fast forward 20 years. Now that guy's the president of the United States. He's saying things that are ridiculous. And, and there's, he remains in that job position, right? So when he speaks, he speaks in that role. It's just incredible. It is incredible. And, you know, if, if he were going to parrot back anything, if he could take maybe some of the note cards from our listeners and parrot back what's going on in this show, he'd be much, much better off. Uh, finally, Brad, um, I, I take you to the RIP report this week. And this week, this is a tough one. You and I have not talked about this. As people know Brad and I don't talk before the show uh, for fear of contaminating our opinions. We want to give you sort of our fresh takes on the spot. And, and this is going to be a tough one for Brad. Um, of course, uh, I take you to the village of Dega in Iran. Of course, Iran, the, the People's Republic, a great, wonderful Wonderful place. Um, unfortunately, this week, Brad, um, Amu Haji, uh, 94 years old, passed away, according to Iranian state media. Uh, Amu Haji, of course, uh, you and I know him as the world's dirtiest man, Amu Haji. Uh, and that's something that's Guinness Book of World Records type stuff, right? He is a, uh, uh, you know, an icon. Um, he claimed that he did not wash at all for over 60 years for, quote, the fear of getting sick. Um, 
uh, a few months ago when he was somewhat ill, the villagers tried to take him to a town bathroom to wash him for the first time in years, and he refused. Uh, and of course, Haji is a, a wonderful man, wonderful with the town's kids. His favorite food was rotten porcupine, and he smoked animal feces in a pipe and drank from a rusty oil can. Do we think the rotten porcupine, the shit smoking, or the oil can drinking contributed to his demise? Well, I mean, look, he made it to 94, right? I mean, that's something. That that's saying something. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that uh, yeah. Well, I mean, may, you know what? I take it back. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe we should just all follow in his footsteps. He did not bathe, apparently, for 67 years. And uh, you know, I guess was none the worth worse for wear. I mean, it sort of does create a bit of a, you know, a uh, like, almost like a suit of armor, right? I mean, if you're just covered with filth and muck, and you know, it's tough to penetrate and get at the internal organs that way, I guess. He, he actually slept in a in what appears to be a, a little concrete hut on a pile of filth and dirt. Um, he used rocks for pillows and he's he had the, he has this old metal pipe where he would literally smoke animal feces and it would make him feel good. It would make him feel refreshed. Uh, and, and surprisingly enough, he really seems to be enjoying himself. He, he was also known for smoking multiple cigarettes, Brad. His 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 skin was a it was somewhat dirty because he never he never bathed, but um, you know he really enjoyed himself and I, a very handsome man. Yeah, no, uh, definitely striking. I think is a word that would be uh, appropriate when you take a look. And but hey, you know he's just a classic example of the old adage that if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. I mean, here here's a man who's decided that filth and muck is the way to go. Smoking multiple cigarettes is the way to go. If you can't get a hold of any, you know, high quality animal feces, then, you know, you smoke tobacco, right? I mean, that's what you do. And yeah. Again, at the end of the day, I dip my cap. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, it's interesting that you're going to smoke four cigarettes at a, at a time, but you know, you would think maybe he'd just want to do one at a time and sort of let the day go by a little bit uh, slower, but no, he was, uh, oh, he's a man with stuff to do, right? I mean, you yeah. can't, you can't, you can't just fritter away the hours. Brad, next, we've got uh, our big segment on the elections. We're just a couple of weeks away from some pivotal midterm elections that are going to determine whether we're run and um, uh, sort of in, uh, under the auspices of a bunch of morons or idiots. Yeah, well, unfortunately, that, that is our choice. You can when you walk in to the voting booth or pencil in your selection, should you be voting by mail, you look and you go, well, boy, I, I've uh, there are morons over here. Uh, so I'd like to avoid the morons. Let me look over there. And then you see, well, over there are the idiots. And uh, you find yourself in a pickle, buddy. Last week, of course, we talked about the GOP candidate in the uh, New York uh, race where who released his own porn film in an effort to try to get uh, galvanized support. Uh, this week, Brad, we're going to stick with the grand old party, the GOP. And I'm going to give you Randy Kaufman. Randy Kaufman, of course, uh, Arizona. Uh, running for the Arizona College District's governing board. Uh, he unfortunately suspended his campaign this past Tuesday after uh, he uh, was found parked outside the child center at Rio Salado College with his pants down to mid-thigh and, quote, from, from the police report, manipulating his genitals in a masturbatory manner, end quote. Uh, Kaufman was in full view of the campus's 
Wurtsey Preschool and Child Care Center, where several preschool children were playing outside in full view of his Ford pickup truck. Uh, the officer who found him said, quote, you know, seriously? Uh, and Kaufman, uh, candidate Kaufman said, I'm sorry, I effed up. I'm really stressed. Uh, Kaufman then said, can I say something off the record to the officer? I know Officer Jim Hill, he works with you guys, and I'm running for the governing board of the colleges. I didn't even know that this was one of your sites, but I see now the signs for the preschool all over the parking lot. Um, of course, instead, the officer arrested the man and uh, turned him in, which is good. But it looks like we've got another candidate that uh, uh, you know, maybe was out a little bit over his skis. And at least this year, Randy Kaufman uh, will no longer be a candidate for public office. Yeah. Hopefully the only thing he'll be a candidate for is a boyfriend in a state facility. Yeah, he, he, of course, will still appear on the ballot because it's too late to take his name off of it. And in a statement about his suspended campaign, he didn't address the arrest, but said he, quote, he, quote, will never stop fighting to protect the United States Constitution and the values that make America the greatest country in the world. And Brad, I think if you go back and you look at that list about toxic friendships, he mm. violated at least seven of those. No, yeah, he's a, he's he's not what you're looking for in terms of of a friend or even companion of any sort. So anyway, uh, we'll move on from there to the state of California, the Sunshine State, the land of milk and honey, where this week uh, the Senate passed a bill uh, making it easier for adults to have sex with uh, children 15 years and up uh, without being added to a sex offenders register. Um, uh, and uh, very controversial uh, subject in, uh, in, in California. But uh, at, at this point, uh, it appears that California is going to uh, in the sort of the opposite direction of protecting children, quote, the bill states, this is from the bill, non-forcible sodomy, oral copulation, sexual penetration with a minor above 15 do not require mandatory sex offender registration unless there is a 10-year gap between the minor and the other person. Um, so there's that age gap, Brad. I guess if it's 11, it's it's uh, it's something that's uh, off the table. But if it's 10 year gap and you have a 25 year old with a 15 year old, according to Governor Gavin Newsom in the lovely state of California, um, it's OK to have sex with a minor. Yeah, yeah, this would only be a controversial subject in California, right? because in, in any other state, it wouldn't be a subject, period. Right. Like no one would bring up the need to you know, protect 25-year-olds having sex with 15-year-olds, right? I mean, just they would just, again, they would just look at you and go, what the hell are you talking about? We're not doing that, right? So only in California would this be a controversial subject. Would people literally be batting this around and saying, well, what do you think? I mean, come on. I mean, we're, our, our society will be better. What we're really missing here, the reason why gas is seven bucks here, the reason why, you know, if you go to a dodge the human feces on the sidewalk, you land on a syringe. The reason why we have these problems is because we're preventing 25 year olds from having sex with 15 year olds. Let, let's fix that. And, you know, then we can move forward. And, and, you know, someone in California raised their hand and goes, geez, we really want to do that. And it becomes a controversial subject. Right. Whereas everybody else, every every other place, people would just be like, just look at you. 
put you in the cell with Mr. Kaufman, tell you to play nicely together and then move on. I mean, this bill literally says you know, that these offenses, when committed without force, where their minor was a willing participant, dot, dot. I mean, it, it's literally insane. I mean, I, 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 it, it baffles me that one person would vote for this. And this passed the California House and Senate, and it's headed for a signature. I mean, is there really a problem out there um, that we have to alleviate where there are all these willing minors having sexual relations with people 10 years older than them. I mean, it, this is absolute insanity. And this is just more of this crazy society we live in. And California is a is a crap hole. And yeah. people, this is what they spend their time on. I'm no sane person would spend their time on this. No, I mean, you, got, you, you, you really need to pull back from this and say, okay, what is happening? Right? I mean, you put all these things together. Like, what are, who are we trying to accommodate? And just predators, right? Just self-focused. This is something I want to do. Predators. You know, we're we're just slowly walking back out of all of these fences that we put up in an effort to encourage people towards a moral, ethical approach to society, right? And and again, everybody knows if you're an adult, you know, you can't legislate morality, you can't pass laws that will make people better. But you can certainly put up some fences around the most vulnerable of us, our children, right? I don't think anyone would disagree that children are vulnerable. They haven't quite reached the age of adulthood, which is why we have a special word for them. The word is children. Okay, We, we designate them as being in a special category. And we're just walking back all of these protect, protections. And again, as you pointed out, buddy, for the satisfaction of whom, right? I mean, the 25-year-old? who wants to have sex with a 15-year-old? I mean, if this doesn't sound crazy to you, either there's something wrong with you or you haven't been around a 15-year-old in a while, right? So if, if, if you think you're in the second category, go sit down with a 15-year-old. And then if you can convince yourself that they're an adult and they should be able to make sexual decisions, then unfortunately for you, you're in the first category. You're not. Yeah, you're idiot. Yeah. And, and you know what? The guy in the in the mud hut who hadn't bathed for 60 years is looking better and better when you see this. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't looking up sex with any 15 year olds. He just yeah. wanted to smoke some crap. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Yeah. We'll, we'll just sort of put that to the side, maybe focus on a couple more pleasant things to wrap up this week. Uh, Brad, I take you to the uh, nation of Indonesia um, and uh, in particular to uh, the uh, the family town of Jambi in the island of Sumatra, uh, where last week tragedy struck <laughs> as uh, Jara, Jara, who is a grandmother of 16, uh, was out collecting rubber in the woods and was eaten alive by a 22-foot python. 22-foot uh, python, I, I don't believe the python has a name, but uh, it's, it's big, and uh, she was eaten alive. Uh, search parties went out into the woods two days later and found the huge stake in a forest with a swollen stomach when they cut it, the stake couldn't move. And when the stake cut it open, they found Jahara inside the uh, the 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 body of the uh, 22 foot python. He, he, of course, or she python. Uh, I'm not sure what it identifies with in terms of sexuality or gender. But uh, needless to say, uh, they found Jahara, Jara 
inside the python with the rubber that she was picking up in the woods. And uh, apparently the python ate the grandmother of 22. You're not looking for that, but again, we, we've, we've sort of wandered through a long list of things you're not looking for. Today, this is one of them. I feel very badly for her. I mean, that has to just, I mean, the uh, miserable does not begin to describe what that must have been like, uh, certainly for her, for her family. But yeah, how, so pythons, so they grab you and then they wrap themselves around you. Is that, is that the way that pythons do their thing? I think, I think that's right. And then they eat you. Yeah. I think they were saying that she had suffocated because it wrapped itself and then it swallowed. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, I mean, yeah, I am not, I'm honestly not trying to make light or make fun, but I, I mean, are pythons just like lightning quick? Someone will tell us someone can, you know, use the Twitter or the Insta face or something, but I, I would have thought that, you know, if the Python was in the local neighborhood, you know, maybe tapping on your toe there in an effort to grab you that you would be able to, you know, maybe head fake left and then go right. I don't know. They don't look fast, but I, I could be, you know, horribly mistaken here. Probably you would think can. it's easy to spot, though, right? I mean, it's 22 feet long. It's huge. Yeah, buddy, maybe they hang in trees and they sort of, you know, drop down, loop around you. I don't. Who knows? But, I, you know, the, the, the solution here at, in, in any case is, you know, you got to carry something, a machete, something. I mean, if, you, if you're getting looped around by a 22-foot snake, you need sharp edges. Yeah, or a handgun. Yeah, if you can reach the head. Yeah, I mean, imagine shooting a snake, you know, just anywhere in its 22-foot length may or may not solve your problem. Obviously, if you'd hit it in the head, that probably would. I, myself, would rather have a heavy-edged weapon that I could make my uh, dissatisfaction known to the snake. Well, Brad, we'll end on an up note this week. Uh, Barred or banned the Bronze Stevie Award-winning segment on the show that everyone loves so much. Uh, this week, we uh, enter the uh, land of um, uh, international soccer, and in particular, oh. the uh, Royal Antwerp team, which is a juggernaut. Uh, of course, soccer is also getting caught up in the woke phenomena, and uh, one of their best players, who is also a substitute, don't know how that oh. reports with what I just said, Raja Nain Golan. Nangalan. Uh, I love the inflection you put on. It's beautiful, buddy. Raja Nangalan, uh, who uh, is a um, uh, he is a player on the team. Uh, he's a he's a he's a substitute, so that means he doesn't start. Brad, okay, uh, yeah. was 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 last week barred from the team because huh. he was caught smoking an e-cigarette on the bench uh, during their three to nothing defeat uh, to the uh, juggernaut that is Standard Liege. Uh, and, uh, and and so the question has come up, should players be allowed to smoke e-cigarettes, lung darts, cigars, or pipes filled with animal feces uh, on the sidelines of these uh, big uh, European soccer matches? Why not? It's Europe. Everybody smokes over there, right? And I'm sure he was doing it like a gentleman. He had an e-cigarette. He was lounging on the bench. He is, after all, we, we were on record as having identified him as a substitute. He doesn't start. So you're gonna, he's going to need to make himself comfortable there. Uh, needs to be able to enjoy himself. He's a professional athlete. So, you know, I, I say I'm fine with it. Let him enjoy himself like a gentleman. If he also had a scotch while he was enjoying the e-cigarette, more power to him. 
And I, you know what? You give him five minutes, he'll be ready. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, Lynn Dawson used to smoke between uh, series in the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Namath used to smoke in the sidelines. Lawrence Taylor would smoke, but you know, not e-cigarettes. But again, correct. Neither here nor there. Plus, that ninety-four-year-old uh, gentleman liked to smoke animal feces, and he he was on the Iranian national team. Brad, he was a little bit dirty, and no one wanted to go near him. But that's what made him so effective. So no, I'm going to well, agree again, with you. Neither bar nor band. Yeah, I mean, uh, let the man enjoy himself. Life is short. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. That is, especially if you're out in the woods looking for rubber where there are pythons dropping down on you. Yeah, life could be really short. Yeah, that's correct. Well, all right, my friend. I mean, once again, I, it was a little, you know, sort of dark, a little noir today. I mean, we, we our culture is continuing to unravel. We're continuing to advocate for, you know, increasing the permissibility of sex with minors. I, I, I don't understand any of that. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've reached the end of the show. Fortunately, that gives us a week to contemplate it, to think about it, to analyze it, to evaluate it. And to come back ready next week to discuss it right here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.